Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. And here are your hosts, Rob Smallbone and Matt McSherry. Hello and welcome to this two-part episode where we're going to be covering your investment area. So the name of this episode is the magic F word. Which stands for fundamentals and it's probably <laughs> not what you were thinking. Listener. I like the pause there to give the build up that anticipation. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. Fundamentals, that is the magic F word we're talking about. In the previous episode or one of the previous episodes, we were talking about property strategy and now that focus has shifted on to picking your investment area. Now, nine times out of 10, it's cash flow versus capital growth. That's what people invest for, one of the two. And I'm aware that the stereotype I'm just about to give is probably going to alienate most of the population. Yeah, be careful what you say here. In England. So there is a north-south divide that we have. Uh, Property-wise, if you were to take out a map of England and go from east to west and draw a line through Nottingham, anything south of Nottingham, you could class as south. Anything (laughs) more north of Nottingham is north. Like again, I'm, I'm well aware. I will apologise wholeheartedly to most of the people. In fact, all of the population. I'm probably just annoyed by by saying that. But in a property sense, point being, anything below that line, general rule of thumb, is going to have higher capital growth. Anything more north of that line is going to have higher cash flow. So, what we mean by that, for for argument's sake, let's take a three bedroom mid terrace property. Let's take one in Reading, which is in the south near London. And let's take one in Newcastle. That property, again, for argument's sake, in Reading will be worth £250,000. And in Newcastle, it might be worth £75,000. If you were to buy those properties and you know have a regular 75% mortgage on them, what you'll find is the property in Reading, obviously the mortgage payment is going to be a lot higher. It's a £250,000 house. You might not make much cash flow from it. Although the rents are going to be higher, your mortgage is higher, so your, your costs are higher. For, for that property. But in Newcastle, your mortgage is going to be a lot lower. Your rents are going to be a bit lower, but not so low, if that makes sense. You can, basically, you're going to have more cash flow yeah. for the property in Newcastle. Now, if you went to refinance the property in two years' time, that property in Newcastle might be worth £80,000. It might have gone up from £75,000 to £80,000. In fact, it might even still be £75,000 just because of the nature and the economics of the area. But that property in Reading, given what's going on economically with Crossrail and so forth at the moment, that same property you bought for £250,000, you might find might be worth £280,000. So you see, like, naturally, £30,000 of equity has just been built up. And that's what we mean by capital growth. So that is a very generic north-south divide. But do bear that in mind when you're getting started in property is what's more important to you. Is it having the big chunks of money through capital growth, equity in your properties? If so, you want to be looking down south predominantly. Or is the cash flow more important? If it is, then again, generic rule of thumb, go beyond that line or go north of that line and you will find areas where you'll be able to benefit from higher cash flow. Yep. No, I agree. And uh, so we've actually put together a 5 two, one model. Now, this is going to help you kind of pinpoint the exact location that fits your strategy. So, Rob, do you want to touch base a little bit on that? Yeah, so the 5 two, one model is 
as Matt said, it's about helping yourself find an area. Now, if you've never invested in property before, definitely follow this model. We believe it works. You might be experienced in property and you might be solid in where you're investing at the moment. Fine. We fully appreciate and respect that. Or you might have a few investment properties here and there and you're looking for a new area. If that's the case, still follow this model. The great thing about this is that, especially in the first days, what we were just about to cover is desktop research. So in fact, a lot of it, you could just sit on Google and do, to be honest. It doesn't take too much of your time. You know, you could spend an hour each day and you could still get a lot of work done in that one hour. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Key things to look for. So fundamentals can mean a whole plethora, wide range of things. But if you were to open up Google Maps, and again, depending on whether you want cash flow or capital growth, pick five areas at random. Just pick five areas at random. But what you want to look for in these five areas are the following things. Is the place well connected with motorways? So if you're listening to this from outside the UK and you're looking at Google Maps, motorways are thick blue lines on Google Maps. But is the area near motorways? Are they near major trunk roads, major A roads? Again, on Google Maps, these are going to be thick green lines. So stuff like the A34, for example. Railway stations. What are the connections like? Do these places have connections to other major towns and cities? Not that the UK revolves around London, but having a direct rail link to London is useful, especially for commuting purposes. Airports. Are they near airports? Again, could be quite useful, maybe for tourism purposes or, you know, for people that need to fly out on business across Europe. London has, I think, six airports, if I'm not mistaken. And Gatwick, Heathrow, Luton, Stansted, Southend, if you want to class that one, and London City Airport. Six airports for about 20 million or so people. Places like Manchester has an airport as well. Birmingham has an airport. Liverpool has an airport. Even, you know, Humberside Airport, although it's not well used has an airport as well. Another thing to look at, docks. Is a town or city located on the seaside? Or if it is, that's number one, that's tourism. But it could be port-related. So, for example, if you're around Grimsby and Hull, you've got the ports at Immingham. I think they're the busiest UK ports that we have for freight in the UK, or certainly in England. So, again, these little things, these are useful. These are things that you can easily look at on Google Maps to start off with and as you say matt you could take an hour a day but the idea is pick capital growth or cash flow go through google maps do these these fundamentals look for these fundamentals the very basics and then pick your five areas from there what you then want to do is create a checklist so again you know railways motorways etc etc and that's a good place to start but also there's going to be other things as well that you need to look at such as hospitals universities yep for example and digging deeper a little bit onto the universities you've got to sometimes have a a good look around to ensure that the universities haven't got their own kind of developments for the student accommodation you know because potentially the student market could be pretty saturated in that area so it's it's understanding and figuring all these things out and obviously not to confuse those who don't understand what this is but you want to make sure that you know if there's an article four in situ as well um we will touch base at that at some point on another episode um but little things like this is really going to help to be able to pick your investment area because if you're predominantly hmo but then you know the student market saturated then does a professional hmo work you know with other professional could be foreign workers or whatever it may be but then that's when you've got to really pinpoint and figure out what kind of businesses are in the area is there any big kind of companies that employ thousands of people where there's going to be 
uh, a shortage of housing for that particular manufacturing company. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the industry in the area is crucial. And again, that's something that could easily be done on desktop. Yeah. Can you, just by Googling and typing in stuff. That, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point well made. What is the industry like in the area? What headquarters? You know, are there, you know, for example, at Manchester? A lot going on in Manchester over the years. Places like Salford Keys. You know, I think that's home to the, like the BBC and ITV buildings now. They moved from London up there as well. So, yeah, things like that is going to create a lot of jobs. Tourism stuff as well. You know, are there museums yep. and so forth? Another useful thing to do that I find is yeah, once you find an area, if you go onto Wiki Travel, W-I-K-I-T-R-A-V-E-L.org, I think it is, and type in the place. If you go on Wiki Travel and type in Manchester, yeah, nine times out of ten, the longer the page is, the more stuff there is to do, yeah. which is better. So, yeah, th- these little things can easily be done online. These are the fundamentals you need to be looking for. Yeah, and also as well, switching base on um, the town plan as well. So, seeing what's happening within that particular city, you know, what they've got in the pipeline, you know, this is all going to be, you know, interlinked and associated with the general economics of the of the city as well and the market. Yeah, and talking of general economics, look at what's going on nationally as well. For example, at the time of recording, one of the biggest, not Brexit, thankfully, but one of the biggest things, two biggest things that are going on at the moment, uh, number one would be HS2, which is that fast speed rail link uh, between London and Birmingham and eventually Scotland. So the line's going to run from roughly the London Euston area and go up through the countryside up to Birmingham. And then from there, it's going to branch off and go via Crewe, Wigan, and so forth, up the west coast eventually to Scotland. And on the east side, it's going to run through the East Midlands up to Sheffield, Leeds as well, and possibly go up via possibly go up via Newcastle. And that's not been confirmed that part yet. But that's I mean, that's a multi-billion-pound engineering project that's going on. And the other major one at the time of recording is Crossrail, which is running from Reading in the south up to, I think it's Shenfield in Essex. It's actually going through the centre of London. Uh, again, that's a multi-billion pound project. And there's possibly Crossrail 2 that's going to go from the southwest of London up through to Tottenham, sort of northeast London. So these major projects as well have such a big implication on areas. It makes commuting easier. But also things like that have a bearing on house prices as well. So if you're in, a, for example, uh, Reading, uh, where I'm from, 2006-2007, a bit of a commuter town, still is a bit of a commuter town to an extent, but it's had a lot more industry come in. You know, people like Microsoft and so forth are now based in Reading, having great access to Heathrow, for example. And again, that's just from, okay, admittedly living in the area helps, but you know, you might find out after all of this that your investment area is actually where you live. There's, there's no harm in that. But the uh, purpose of this episode is to go from five to two. So using all the fundamentals that you know, we've touched on looking at your industry, rail links, airports, etc., etc. Knowing whether you want capital growth or cash flow. Create that checklist. Go through everything you can and eliminate out of the five areas. You need to eliminate three areas. So the three that have got the least amount of bits and pieces going on. So saying that, I think we should uh, set some homework for the next episode. What do you I think? think? Well, I feel like a teacher now. <laughs> that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what would you like to set? Um, so I think obviously everything that we've touched base on this uh, on this episode. Um, so we want you to obviously iron out um, your strategy of your investment area. Um, so we want you to narrow that down to two 
places. So start with five, eliminate three, narrow down to two. There you go. So we want you to come to the next episode with your two investment areas. And what we're going to do then, we're going to deep, uh, deep dive into the kind of desktop researches and all the other things and the other extra fundamentals that you need to be carrying out in order to obviously go from two areas to one area. Yeah. Perfect. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely do that. And again, if you're new to this, you're not invested before, 100% do it. If you're an experienced investor and you're thinking, I don't need to do that, fine, up to you. Completely respect and understand that. If you're looking to change your investment area or you're looking to do some new you know, exercises, maybe look to move, then definitely do it. And uh, yeah, next week we'll go from it's a bit like the Spice Girl when two become one or something. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that's pushing the bar a little bit too far there. <laughs> On that note, enjoy. Yeah, thanks for week. listening. Tune in next time and we'll speak to you soon. Take, Take care. care.